Lord Morrissey Morrissey and I had sat down for dinner when his lordship was stricken with surprise. Uh, we're not doing a Lord Morrissey Morrissey and Pluddles intro this week. I had to assume his lordship had succumbed to the vapours, so I shook him fiercely. Snap out of it, Morrissey. Think of the scandal. Morrissey had once taken to solving a case on a moving tram and delayed the passengers who wanted to get off at the Victoria Baths. The constabulary had not been impressed, and Morrissey had reluctantly required the services of his sister, Lady Meredith Meredith, consort to the royal family. Josh, this is a news episode. We're meant to be starting these things off with a recap of topics from previous years. Morrissey was not coming down from his attack, so I threw a glass of water at his face. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, Pluddles. I seem to have taken a rather funny turn. Morrissey looked unusually chagrined, and so we bade the maitre d' goodnight and returned to our rooms. The mystery would need to wait. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Edison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Edison in Auckland, New Zealand. They are Dr. M. Denton Hamilton, Kirikiriroa, New Zealand. Um, and it's, it's Thursday, it's winter, it's the end of the month, which means it's a news episode. It is indeed. It is an episode filled with news. Mm. But first, a bit of the old preamble. Josh, I believe there's been a, a bit of a scandal on Wikipedia. Well, yes. Now, I mean, you've, you've been cited in numerous sort of uh, academic journals and, and books and so on. But I mean, And a respectable internet encyclopedia on philosophy. Precisely, but uh, but have you shown up in Wikipedia? That's where all the cool kids are. That's where all the flame wars and 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 hentai, I assume, is. Well, the answer, Josh, is yes. There is now a philosophy of conspiracy theories page on Wikipedia, which seems to exist for the sheer fact that every time people try to put the philosophy of conspiracy theories into the main conspiracy theories page. It gets removed. Believe me, I've been involved in trying to get that included into that discussion. So someone has taken it upon themselves to create a page about the philosophy of conspiracy theories, which includes a discussion of philosophers talking about conspiracy theories, which includes my dear self. Mm, mm, it does. So how old is it? And how did you come across it? Well, it's, it's from November 2019... And I came across it because I did a name search myself on Wikipedia. Ah, uh, we've all been there. Um, yes, I, I had a look through, and it seems to cover the basics. Uh, it, um, David Cody seemed to come up quite a bit, and that uh, it seemed like it, it referenced his. Um, what was he the editor of a collection, or I? He was, although he did yeah. actually had written an article on conspiracy theories before the Ashgate mm. Press collection came out. We'll be getting on to Cody very, very soon. Right, Did yes, you look at the say. talk page for the Wikipedia entry? Uh, briefly, I can never really make head nor tail of the talk pages. There seems to be there's sort of there's a lot of a lot of a lot of technical gobbledygook and then comments, some of which are meaningless and some of which um, go on at length. But I so gather there's been I a bit of back and here. forth. What I found fascinating about the talk page was people saying, well, there's no such thing as the philosophy of conspiracy theories. And then people pointing out that there are numerous articles that refer to the philosophy of conspiracy theories. And a book by one 
Dr. M. R. X. Dentith called the philosophy of conspiracy theories. So it did seem like the editors at Wikipedia really didn't have any idea of what philosophy of actually means. Hmm. Oh, well. So there we go. That's that's your latest claim to fame. And later, much later, so late that it won't even be in this episode, but will be in the um, patron bonus episode, uh, we'll look at more of the, the way in which you have, have scattered yourself across the internet and various other medias. But um, that'll have to wait. <clears throat> Because, because we have now, a lot of news to get through. Oh, July was an eventful month. And the only way to recap that is with a sting and then a bit of the old news. Hmm. Breaking, breaking conspiracy theories in the news. Start me off, Josh, with some pedophilia news. Well, yes, I think this is... I guess this is the biggest conspiracy-related news of the month, uh, the arrest of Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, so I'm sure you all heard about this. whose name we did not know how to pronounce until no, she was I, arrested. I, like, because I knew there was... Uh, I've, I've seen it... Um, I've seen the masculine equivalent pronounced um, Gilan, so I assumed this was a Gilane, and maybe it is if you're in France or Canada or somewhere, but everyone just... The, the only time I've heard people say her name out loud, it's just simply Ghislaine, as though she were Elaine with a, with a G on the front. But anyway, uh, yep, so she, she's arrested um, and has not died suspiciously in custody uh, yet, yes, I As guess, far as we're we aware, say. at the time of recording, no suspicious deaths have occurred to Ghislaine Maxwell but, of course, time of recording may not be time of listening. And indeed, mm. as we're recording, events still continue to happen in the real world, even though I have asked numerous times that no conspiracy news occurred during the recording of these podcasts. No one in the Illuminati or New World Order will listen to me because they don't exist. No. Although I would say that, wouldn't I? Hmm. So, I mean, despite it being sort of big news in and of itself, there hasn't actually been hasn't been much news. Um, there's been a bit of talk, people coming forward to say how um, that they 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 saw firsthand the fact that they'd, uh, that she and Epstein had um, taken videotape of these various celebrities and and international figures um, having sex with people of, of dubious legality um, for blackmail material, which is kind of what we'd always assumed. I mean, that, that always seemed to be the thing about Epstein, and he, he had the dirt on everyone, so that's how he could get away with stuff for so long. Um, but nothing really of substance. And the only other development, of course, was, um, was, was Trump's words on the matter. Yes, so Trump was asked about the arrest of Maxwell at a press conference, and we might, we might as well play the clip right here. Ghislaine Maxwell is in prison, and so a lot of people want to know if she's going to turn in powerful people. And I know you've talked in the past about Prince Andrew, and uh, you've criticized Bill Clinton's behavior. I'm wondering, uh, do you feel that she's going to turn in powerful men? How do you see that working out? I don't know. I haven't really been following it too much. I just wish her well, frankly. Uh, I've met her numerous times over the years, especially since I lived in Palm Beach, and I guess they lived in Palm Beach, uh, but I wish her well, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know the situation with Prince Andrew. Just don't know. I'm not aware of it. Which does seem to indicate that Trump has no idea what's going on or really doesn't care about child trafficking. Yeah, I mean, my 
My thought on hearing it was that it sounded like just the usual sort of bluster that Donald Trump does. Somebody asks him a question that he doesn't have an immediate answer for, and he just rambles off some generic nonsense. So in this case, oh, they asked me about a person. Uh, well, I, I guess I wish them well. Um, but yes, wishing wishing a uh, an, an arrested person with strong connections to a, an elite, an actual elite pedophile network, certainly raised a few eyebrows. But then, of course, was forgotten ex- uh, forgotten instantly after whatever the next weird thing he did was. Well, then that's going to be demon sperm. We'll be talking about very shortly. Mm. Uh, in fact, very very shortly. Because yeah, let, let's let's move on then to the COVID nineteen bizzo. So. Um, Obviously, now, Josh, for still... people who've been living under a rock, what is COVID nineteen? Um, COVID nineteen, it's a disease. Really, nasty little oh. virus. Now, a disease is uh, some sort of a, an illness within the the human body, caused in this case by a virus, which is a kind of a, a microscopic organism, which no, you can't no, wait, see. So, so slow, slow down. So, are you telling me that we're not talking about the humours anymore? No, no, I'm, I'm afraid to tell you that, that no miasma is involved at all in the transmission of this disease. But it's Josh, actually... Josh, I've seen a lot of people wearing masks, and the whole thing about masks is it stops the bad smells from getting to you and making you ill. So I'm a little bit confused by the claim that we've ditched miasma theory if everyone's wearing masks to stop them from smelling bad things to make them fall ill. Well, the idea is that this disease is... Uh, carried on uh, water droplets that could be expelled from a person, such as when they sneeze or cough or even really breathe out. Um, so, if, if, if you like, you can imagine the virus as a sort of a as as the dude from the end of Doctor Strange Love riding on the bomb, uh, waving a cowboy hat. Uh, that that essentially is literally what a virus is, um, and well, it rides those the hat nuclear with the crown. It what? Replace the hat with a crown. Uh, well, obviously, yes, yes, coronavirus, that's what it's all about. Um, now, what I just said was all a lie and completely ridiculous, but not actually much more ridiculous than some of the stuff. Actually, let, let's let's start with the true stuff, or at least the allegedly true stuff, which is about hacking, before we get into the uh, the more out there business. Supposedly, both Russia and China have been accused of trying to, to hack vaccine developers, is that right? Yes, although I should point out it's probably also the case that Western nations are doing exactly the same thing to their Eastern counterparts. But there is basically a Cold War going on at this particular point in time, a phrase I seem to use an awful lot, Mm -hmm. which is basically every nation state going, we are afraid another nation state is going to get to a vaccine or a cure before us at which point they'll have a PR victory of, we got to it first, so we need to hack into their systems, see what their research is looking like, so we can then steal that research and hopefully produce our cure first. Now, there is a worry that some nation states might then want to monopolize that cure, and actually the worry there is mostly the US rather than other nation states, Mm. because the US is already doing things to monopolize things like drugs for the treatment of COVID-19, and doing other things like seizing shipments of masks overseas and repatriating them to the US. But there is basically a Cold War going on for the cure for COVID-19. And at the moment, Russia and China are being fingered as the culprits doing the bad work. My suspicion is actually everybody is doing it. 
because everyone wants a step up on the so-called opposition. Even though the thing about a pandemic, we're all in this mm. together. Although yeah. some of us seem to be dealing with it a lot more badly than others. Yes, it is It is difficult to know whose side you should take in that particular instance. Is it the hackers performing illegal activities against uh, other states? Uh, or is it the, the, the global pharmaceutical companies looking to profit and monopolize on the back of this thing? But anyway, so yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's probably going on. It's probably going on everywhere. Um, and there's not really much more to say. So no, I, th I think we've put it off for long enough. Let's let's get into demon sperm. Hit me with the demon sperm, Dr. Dentith. Well, this is making me think of that mask debate segment from last week tonight, which oh, I, yes. I saw on Facebook the other day. Mm. We love discussion about mask debates, which, when you think about it, sounds a little bit like mass debate. Well, not with our accent, but yes. Well, yes, that's also true. I mean, luckily, mm. our masks sound completely different. So mm. Trump Trump likes people who praise hydro... hydro ah, I can't even say it today. Hydroxychloroquine. So a doctor, Stella Emanuel, who's a registered doctor in Texas, who happens to run her clinic beside her church, Fireplower Ministries. Fireplower? Firepower Fire Ministries. Generally. Fireplower sounds sounds more interesting, but unfortunately isn't actually part of the story. Not a word, no. no. So she's been extolling the benefits of using hydroxychloroquine in the treatment of patients with COVID-19, which led to Trump saying that she's a spectacular doctor and was worried that one of her posts had been removed from the internet. Now, it turns out the reason why some of this information may have been removed from the internet, is that Stella Emanuel also claims that alien DNA is used in medical treatment and that many gynecological problems are caused by people dreaming about having sex with demons. So dreaming about, so dreaming about having sex with demons or actually having sex with demons or having sex with the sort of dream demons who like invade your dreams... And I have, think have the dream it's sex. all part of the notion that if you start having sex dreams, you've been infected by the devil, and that's the reason why you gain cysts. Right. Now, she's also claimed that there's a cure to COVID-19 that they don't want you to know about, and thus you don't need to wear a mask because a cure is just around the corner, although maybe it's only been given to the elites. She also claims, and this is quite interesting, that scientists are allegedly creating a vaccine to prevent people from being religious. Hmm. Um, that's certainly a claim that a person said. Wasn't, didn't they find, isn't there a spot of the brain where if they stimulate it with electrodes, it gives a feeling of religious euphoria or something? It's, didn't they find a... It's kind of contentious, but yes, there has been some experimental work in neurology which indicates that you can excite certain sections of the bla of, of the blame. Mm. I just can't say worse tonight properly. Happens you to can excite parts of the brain and get a sense of euphoria, which is sometimes coded as being religious experience, although it turns out actually what gets coded as religious experience is not constant across cultures or even within religious communities. So the data is actually kind of useless. Mm. 
Well, maybe though they, I don't know, this, you could get a vaccine that somehow kills that particular bit of the brain. I'm, I'm making things up on the spot, but I don't think I'm doing much worse in terms of reasoned argument uh, than Dr. Stella Emanuel. Now, when um, Trump was called on this endorsement mm. and people pointed out her other claims, he then prevaricated going, well, maybe it's not the same person I'm talking about, but he did think it was impressive that she was extolling the benefits of hydroxychloroquine, which does seem to indicate, as people have thought for a long time, that as long as you agree with Trump, Trump thinks very highly of you and just doesn't want to know about what other beliefs you might have at the same time. Yes. Uh, now, finally, in COVID news, <clears throat> since at least mid-March, and possibly since as far back as February, a BMW with the number plate COVID-19 uh, has been sitting at the Adelaide Airport staff car park. Um, it was only, people only noticed this sometime in April, apparently it had a, a cover over the car, which then got blown off. Um, and people thought it was a little bit odd that this car had the personalised plate COVID-19 um, so early in the piece. I mean, obviously it's COVID-19 because it did show up at the end of 2019, so it was known about, but it wasn't really a thing so much that early in this year. So people were sort of wondering, you know, what what did this person know? Why why did they get this in the first place? And then there was, of course, the usual hunt to see who who was it, who's it registered with, and so on. And apparently, there is a car registered in the state of South Australia with a COVID nineteen, but not one in Adelaide, and not one, um, not 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 a car registered in Adelaide, and not any of the other states. And so it's all, I mean. It's a car with a number plate, so there's not actually a lot going on there, but it's just one of those ones where people have just looked at it and gone, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it is a wee bit bizarre. As I suggested in a Patreon episode, I think this car belongs to one of the AIs. I think the AI is working with, with commonly found hashtags on the internet and naming cars after them. The question is, why are AIs registering cars? And B... What are they doing with them? Driving them, I assume. But they're not, because it's been sitting in a car park since March. Well, this particular one has, but who knows. When it's activated and the machines take over the world and presumably install Elon Musk as some sort of puppet dictator. So is this going to be a kind of Knight Rider thing with Anthony Ooh. Daniels or Val Kilmer as the voice of COVID-19? We can but hope. Ooh. No, I'm, I'm actually suddenly very excited by the idea of a Val Kilmer-voiced Knight Rider sequel, which the car is called COVID-19. I don't know where the plot goes, but mm. I think it's a really interesting start. Yep, oh, well, you, you start working on the screenplay, and we'll see how things develop. I wonder if we can get Michael Hasselhoff in for a cameo. Mm. In fact, actually, a better question is, can we stop Michael Hasselhoff from demanding to be a cameo in the rebooted show? Michael Hasselhoff or David Hasselhoff? Both. Right. Does he have a brother? Doesn't no. matter. Um, now, okay, uh, uh, that's enough COVID for now. Um, so, obviously, if we're done talking about COVID, now we have to talk about Trump. And we'll Hold play on. the Trump sting because, by God, I know oh, yeah, that sting. We might use as it, well yeah. use it. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. 
Quality sting, quality sting. Um, so I guess the only only decent Trumpy related stuff of the last month is Roger Stone, who um, was found uh, found guilty a little while ago. Uh, so I assume he's in prison now. That's how it works, right? Well, almost. He was about to go to prison, but Donald Trump commuted, not pardoned him at the very last minute, basically within days of when he was meant to show up in his orange overalls. Hmm. So commuted means he was he was still found guilty, but he just doesn't have to serve his sentence. Yes. Now, in that, part, yeah. this is because Stone is continuing to protest his innocence and is using his appeal rights to basically relitigate the case. Although, as people have pointed out, he admitted to lying to federal authorities. So it seems quite clear-cut he's committed a crime. It seems that what they're going to do is go the investigation... The investigation which caused him to perjure himself was illegitimate. So he did perjure himself by lying to federal authorities, but they shouldn't have been investigating him in the first place, and that seems to be his get-out-of-going-to-jail-free card. So Trump has commuted the sentence in order that he can continue to chase his innocence, and apparently, although I don't believe this, Roger Stone signed his commutation order on Alex Jones's show. So... Uh, what you mean? What what was live on Alex Jones's show had said, "I'm now signing this order," but you reckon it was just a stunt? Yes. So Roger Stone appears on Alex Jones's show three days after the commutation has gone through, or at least he's been given the commutation. Stone claims to sign the document, well, and he signs a piece of paper live on Alex Jones's show via a video feed, but you don't actually see what's on the piece of paper. And so I think it was just a piece of paper he had to hand. It would also be a great stunt for Alex's show. I'll mm. sign my commutation. I suspect, because he's probably afraid that at any moment a judge might go, actually, that commutation doesn't work. He would have signed that document the very second mm. he got it into his grubby little hands. Yes, and he's, I believe at the time, said he'd, he'd really rather be pardoned um, because that's... never quite sure how to pronounce it. Chutzpah? Is that how it goes? Something that's, like that, yeah. Yeah, that's what Roger Stone appears to be basically composed of. That and a very large days. tattoo of Richard oh, Nixon. Richard bloody Nixon. Um, yes, so uh, was it was it... Barr, who said, oh, tried to appeal to his age as a reason for why he shouldn't go to prison? Yes, so Barr said said that as someone in his 70s, he'd be at risk in prison. I believe Roger Stone is 68. Now, admittedly, that's fairly Mm. close to 70, but he's actually not 70. 70 By the time time he'd served some of his sentence, but yes. yes. Although, as people pointed out, um, uh, the Golden State Killer, if you've followed the the I'll Be Alone in the Dark book slash... TV series written by Michelle McNamara, late wife of comedian Patton Oswalt. Uh, they, they caught the guy. He's 74 anyway, and I don't think anyone's saying that a 74-year-old shouldn't be going to prison uh, for all the, all the rapes and murders and what have you. No, admittedly, I do think that lying to the FBI is of a Not lower... Not quite the same. Yeah, but at the same time, yes, it's going... 
this person's too old to go to prison. We actually send old people to prison for much more yeah. minor crimes. We don't need to compare yeah. compare them to serial killers. We can compare them to people who defaulted on a loan through no well, fault yes, of their I'm own. Well, yes, I'm sure there are plenty of examples of those. That was just the one that jumped out. Um, okay, from Trump to QAnon, because that's, that's, there's always some QAnon stuff, but there's actually a, a decent development, of course, which... Um, is that uh, Twitter has started stamping down on QAnon. Yes, so finally, after a very long time of people saying, you do realise that QAnon basically exists as a phenomena on forums, but also largely Twitter. Could we do something about it? Twitter has stepped in and banned about 7,000 accounts and limited the activity of another 150,000 accounts associated with QAnon activity. Now, those numbers might seem pretty big, except that as far as we're aware, the monthly active user base for Twitter is somewhere upwards of 300 million accounts. So actually banning uh, sorry, banning 7,000 accounts and limiting the activity of 150,000 accounts actually isn't big at all. But yes, Twitter has finally stepped in and going, no, we're going to make it more difficult for QAnon to do its work online. Although, thus far, they haven't been as successful as maybe people would like to have thought they would be, given that QAnon is just finding ways to come up with new hashtags mm. to spread their theories online. And and what theories they have. It's actually been quite a good month for... Um... QAnon wackiness. We've had the return of the classics. Pizzagate apparently has been um, popping up on TikTok. What? Everybody loves pizza. Mm. TikTok, where, where, where all those youths hang out, although I'm assuming that given that people our age seem to be on it these days, it must be yesterday's news and there's probably something new that neither of us have actually heard about, which is where the kids really are. Um, but yes, Pizzagate, Justin Bieber supposedly, I think, has, has come up. Now, he was... He was supposedly a victim of this 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 child sex slavery trafficking business, wasn't he? And somebody asked him to touch his hat on a live stream if he'd been trafficked or something, and then at some point he touched his hat? Yes, yeah, so basically someone on a live stream, and we're talking an Instagram live stream where there are thousands of comments appearing on a stream at any particular point in time. Someone said, Justin... If you've been if you've been abducted as a child, touch your hat. And then a few seconds later he touches his brow and his hat, presumably by accident at the same time. And this was taken to be proof positive that he was responding to this particular question, as opposed to simply touching himself on a stream because you can't help but touch your face, as we've discovered with mm. COVID-19. Because we've been told, stop touching your face, which made people aware just how often every minute we touch our faces. We are touching our faces all the time. I'm pretty much constantly touching my face, I have to say. The only reason I'm not touching there, my Josh, face right touching now is that I have a microphone in front of me. Uh, but, yeah, so, but there's been more. Um, we looked at uh, last week, or possibly the week before, QAnon started going nuts over a photo that Tom Hanks posted to his Twitter and Instagram back in 2016, 
Um, and frankly, we don't have time to go into the exact details of why this is a thing. But essentially, he picks. He, Tom Hanks likes to post photos of lost like gloves and socks and things that he sees when he's when he's out walking. 2016, he posted a picture of an old glove lying on the ground. The concrete that was lying on had been spray painted with SRC USA, which people took to be a coded reference to child pornography. There's a a chain of thought, I guess, is is what you could call it, that lead would lead someone to think that that's the numbers, S, the letters SRC, stand for child pornography. But it's it's too convoluted to uh, get into without hijacking this entire um, episode. Uh, but 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 yes, that's a thing people think. And then there was the whole Wayfair thing. Uh, they're, they're selling selling children in um, industrial cabinets, I understand? Yes, so apparently people were quite fascinated by the fact that Wayfair, an online retailer, was selling very expensive seeming cabinetry with rather unusual names, which appeared to be the names of young children. And went, well, why are these cabinets so expensive? Unless, and this is a very logical deduction they made, they must only be expensive because they're named after children. Because when you buy one of these cabinets, you get a child free with it. Mm. It's the kind of thinking which I kind of expect from certain parts of the internet. So yes, yeah. they were making the claim that these cabinets were a child trafficking front, as opposed to looking at the cost of industrial cabinetry which turns out to be rather expensive, and then comparing the naming of products at Wayfair with, say, product names in Ikea, where you suddenly go, actually, these online retailers who are desperate to put names to SKUs end up giving them any old name they can get, which often is going to a list of people's names and going, oh, we'll just call this style of cabinet a Sandra, this kind of desk a Derek, etc., etc. Yes, so Wayfair um, ended up being prompted to actually release a statement saying, you know, actually, you'll, you'll be surprised to learn we're not uh, trafficking stolen children, um, but ended up uh, changing their changing their online catalog listings to make it clearer a why these things are more are, are as uh, are as expensive as they are, and b I think possibly changing the photographs because I think some of some of the things that people were raising their eyebrows at was that um, you had listings for cabinets that appeared identical with quite different prices, which basically seemed to be because they'd just used the same stock photograph of a cabinet in different listings and so on. But um, not actually that dubious, as it turned out. No, not that dubious at all. And I have to say, this is, this is a thing that's come up um, several times in the past, and I can't remember if I've last talked about it in a news episode or just in a Patreon episode, but um, Patton Oswalt again the comedian, he's he's done a bunch of silly, uh, of funny things on Twitter. What with being a professional comedian, and um, but I've seen, I, I saw a while ago, and then saw again just the other day that the QAnon folks basically quoting his own jokes back at him and taking them seriously as if to suggest that he's part of your global pedophile network. So I mean, he's he's had stupid jokes like um, one time he'd been he'd been making a comment about gross 
gross things on people's feet and people said you shouldn't say people's feet are gross and so he did this thing saying oh you're right i see now i've i've been such a pedo pedophobe i've i'm i'm recounting my ways and i'm going to be a proud pedophile um and then people like quote that tweet back to him and say look as if to say haha you we, we've outed you you've outed yourself as an international pedophile you professional comedian who makes jokes on twitter scandalous behavior scandalous anyway uh that's enough q and on uh but a bit of good old ufo news what's happening in the world of ufos well apparently we're going to get full disclosure of alien vessels on this planet not the first time i've heard that though ah but this time actually it seems to be a much more interesting story so the Pentagon has a UFO unit, or as we should say, a UAP unit, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, and they are now going to be updating the US Senate's Intelligence Committee on its UAP or UFO research every six months. Now, this is interesting because certain people like Eric Davis, a former Pentagon consultant and subcontractor who has worked with the UAP task force, claims that during his time on the project, they found objects which they couldn't make themselves, and thus he thinks they are evidence of alien vessels or parts of vessels in storage in government facilities somewhere in the US. So there's now this hope that full disclosure is going to be forthcoming, something which people had hoped was going to be the case under President Donald Trump. Mm. And I mean, it should be said, and we've seen this before, that yes, the Pentagon has a, an unidentified aerial phenomena task force, um, and that's been around a while. And um, there are those infamous videos from... When were they taken? 10 or 12 years ago and surfaced four or five years ago, which they've officially said, yes, you know that these are actual official videos, uh, but that's not the same as saying aliens exist. It's just, yes, we, there is official video of unidentified aerial phenomena, which, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit redundant to say these days unidentified flying object is just a flying object that you can't identify. Um, but yes, it doesn't. The, the, they haven't. The, the, the existence of this task force doesn't mean the Pentagon says aliens exist, uh, but maybe they will. Who knows? Let's find out. Every six months could be anything. Now, Acting Intelligence Committee Chairperson Marco Rubio has said that his priority when these reports are being given to the Senate committee is to uncover who is behind unidentified aerial phenomena seen over American military bases. And actually, his comment on this is kind of interesting because he said, and I quote, frankly, that if it's something from outside this planet, that actually might be better than the fact that we've seen some technological leap on behalf of the Chinese or Russians or some other adversary. I, I guess I can see his point, I suppose. If there are unidentified craft buzzing over American airbases, you certainly wouldn't want it to be proof that you're your enemies, if that's the right word, in current um, geopolitical climate, have the technology to send their planes all the way over to your country and fly over your air bases without you being able to do anything about it. Um, 
I, 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 maybe aliens are a more comforting prospect. Maybe they could be nice aliens. I mean, maybe they could be nice Russians. I don't know. Well, yes, I mean, I'd works. be a little bit concerned about aliens flying vessels over your military bases. That doesn't seem like a gentle first contact situation. That seems like scouting the planet in preparation for invasion. Well, it does a little bit, I suppose. Okay, we've 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 looked at COVID, we've looked at Trump, we've looked at QAnon, we've looked at UFOs. I think let's let's finish things off by seeing what's been happening a little bit more locally. So it's election time. When's the election? I can't even remember. November? No, it's that's about, the American well, it's, one. It's in, September. It's in about fifty days. Yeah, September. Um, yeah, so national election here in New Zealand, which means um, politics are in full swing. And um, there's been there's been no amount of hijinkery. Obviously, the national parties had all manner of crap flying around. People 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 resigning like flies and scandals, and it's been a little bit crazy. Not massively conspiratorial, other than uh, other than the pretty much all politics is conspiratorial in some way. Well, I mean, there was the scandal of Hamish Walker, the MP who has resigned for leaking patient data with respect to COVID-19. And there's a little bit of conspiracy talk that goes on behind that as to when exactly the National Party hierarchy knew exactly what he had done and how long they sat upon it, hoping the cover story of a mental health crisis would allow them to make that just disappear. There's also the MP who had to resign for sending... Not sending what appears to be revenge porn photos to people, which turned out to be not one, not two, but more than three cases. Mm. And there appears to be worries about the way that that was dealt with as well. And then, of course, you've got the story of Michael Wood, this week's National Party crisis. Uh, so William, William Wood. Michael oh, yes, Wood sorry. is a Labour MP. Yes, so I've, I've made mm. that mistake many times in the past, and I refuse yes. to apologise. So William mm. Wood is the candidate for Palmerston North, and four years ago, he made a video where he impersonated Adolf Hitler. Now, in his defense, he was 14 years old at the time. I don't know about you, but I seem to recall that at the age of 14, I was a complete idiot. Now, Josh, um, I, w I want to respond to that in two ways. One, that might well be true. But why is an 18-year-old running for parliament? Well, yes, that's the, that's the real question. And two, last year he was caught doing an OK sign whilst wearing a, a MAGA hat, which indicates that his foolishness is not four years old, it's within the last 12 months. Indeed. Yes, I mean, it, it does, like, youthful indiscretion and what have you, and all the, with all the talk that's happened over the last few years of how we're going to just have to be a bit more forgiving when it comes to MPs because everything you ever do these days is online, even when you're an idiot teenager. Um, but there's a difference between a, a season, a youthful discretion, indiscretion showing up for a seasoned politician and a youthful indiscretion showing up for someone who's still a bloody youth. Um, one now, this is yes, not my it's... saying that young people shouldn't become MPs. I just also think that if the person who is campaigning to be an MP has engaged in Hitler impressions within, say, the last 10 years or so, mm. they probably should be ruled out of contention. You would think so, wouldn't you? And yet, 
So, yes, that's the latest one. Who the hell knows what's going to happen next week? Well, um, I mean, I so given that there was a, a poll that was out earlier today and National's last response to a bad poll was to basically cite some kind of polling conspiracy, I imagine we'll be getting a similar story tomorrow when National tries to explain why polling at 32% actually isn't how things are really turning out in the electorate. Yes, we'll just have to see. Now, um, our last story for the episode is a, a, a little more weighty, certainly a little more tragic. Um, a week a week or so ago, uh, there was a three-car crash on State Highway 1 um, near Tokoroa. Um, and among the people involved in the crash were uh, 47-year-old Yue Zhongwang and 48-year-old Wei Guaoxi, who unfortunately died, and the third man who was travelling with them, Mr Yu Hongming, um, last, last I heard was in the intensive care unit in hospital. Now, this is, is, is somewhat significant because these three men were um, activists within the Chinese community in New Zealand who are apparently on their way to present a petition to the government asking them to take the issue of um, CCP political interference in New Zealand's democracy seriously. Um, and so while there doesn't appear to be any evidence that this is anything other than a tragic accident, um, various people have, have put it to the police that maybe they should just be extra super sure that there wasn't any foul play involved in this particular case. And this is off the back of the weird story of Professor Anne-Marie Brady, mm. who's a specialist in Chinese influence overseas, who claims that her offices in the South Island have been broken into and her car was sabotaged. Now, we should point out an international investigation, so jointly the New Zealand Police Force and Interpol, investigated these claims and could find no evidence of sabotage on the car, something that Brady has basically said is part of a whitewash. But there is, there is a, there's a pre-existing story here of fears, and I'm stressing here fears, of Chinese influence and potential malfeasance in our nation state. Mm. Yes, yeah, so it's Professor Brady herself um, speaking to Parliament who, who raised these these issues, which is that, yes, there is no evidence, but within apparently the New Zealand Chinese community, there are people who are who are worried that sabotage could have been involved. So I think they were, um, initially at least, I think they just wanted to make sure that the police considered that as a possibility, uh, but I don't know that the investigation into the crash uh, has gone any further than that. Not as far as I'm aware. So, I think that is all the news we have for you on this this July Conspira News episode for 2020. Uh, so we'll wrap this up, but then go on to record a, a patron bonus episode, and what a patron bonus episode it promises to be. Because this is patron bonus episode 100, mm. and so we've got a special episode planned for our patrons. It's the secret history of the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. We'll be going into what happened before the show, my career on radio, how the show was developed, and... So much more. So much more, I assume. Uh, so if you'd like to 
uh, find out the, the dirty, dark secrets behind uh, the genesis of this podcast. Uh, and you're already a patron, well, good news. You can just listen into that episode when you're done with this one. If you'd like to become a patron, uh, then do that. Go to patreon.com, look for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy, and sign yourself up, and you'll get not this episode, but 99 previous ones, and possibly even more than that, because we have the little, there's been other little little bonusy bits and so on. The numbering always gets a little bit skewed, so yes, who knows what that goodies our you could get into. numbering system is not particularly orthodox a little ad hoc yes. in fact i'm also fairly sure that we've actually managed to skip an episode numerically at some particular point in time so yeah, even though this is technically episode 277 i have a strong suspicion it's actually episode 276 i thought we i thought we fixed that or did we do it again i think we did it again i need to go and check we'll but see. i mean numbers they're just fiction, right? Exactly. I mean, it's we, it's twenty twenty, but who the who the hell knows what that means? What with your Gregorian calendars and your Julian calendars, we're allowed. I mean, to... this year's been going on for about four decades now. Mm. Exactly. So I think we're allowed a little bit of slippage. But anyway, we're calling this episode bonus episode one hundred. Um, so you're going to get a special episode, and you'll bloody like it. Now. I think uh, that that is everything we had to say to you, dear listener, patron or not. We appreciate your audience. Um, so we'll wrap things up now and then get recording the bonus one. But um, to everyone who's listening right now, including anyone who might still be listening on Discord, good for you. Uh, I think it's simply time to say goodbye. And I'm going to recommend you don't watch the 2011 prequel, The Thing. Fair. Been listening to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy starring josh addison and dr mr extended which is written researched, recorded and produced by josh and m you can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its podbean or patreon campaigns and if you need to get in contact with either josh or m you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their twitter accounts monkey fluids and conspiracism Remember, they're coming to get you, Barbara.